So this morning, when I left you last week, we were right in the middle, and I've got to finish this, right in the middle of this, about the disciples uh, being sent out by themselves. First time they've been sent out by themselves. And they toiled for about 10 hours. Uh, we know this if you wasn't here, but we know this. It's recorded in all four Gospels. And one says, in the evening comes, which was the first night watch, somewhere around 6 p.m. And then in the fourth watch was the Romans' fourth watch. It was somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. So they had been rowing. They should have been across the thing in about an hour and a half. It's only three and a half miles when they got halfway. And they've been rowing 10 hours, getting nowhere. And so we kind of left you last week. Here comes Jesus walking on the water. He gets in the boat, and you kind of know how this thing is. And we talked about it. immediately they were on the other side. And we explained to you that wasn't immediately. It means they just they took a nap. After 10 hours of working, they were exhausted. And somebody told me at church, said, that's me. I'm so exhausted. I've been exhausted my whole life. Listen, when Jesus gets on board, you can just break your oars and saw them in two and throw the motorboat away. He'll take care of you. And so what I want to talk about this morning is, is to kind of finish off the caption of what this story is all about. Because I would not be a good Bible teacher if I wouldn't. See, a preacher proclaims and a teacher explains. So I'm kind of both. But I'd rather explain than I would proclaim. Because the word proclaim, proclaim means, it's a Greek, two Greek words, it means to go ahead of and claim it. See, some of you are saying, well, I'm a proclaimer, I'm proclaiming it. But this is the deal. Can you proclaim it before it happens? Pro is a word means in front of. So one of the great things we do as preachers of the gospel, we proclaim it and we say basically, this is going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And even though it hadn't happened yet, but we're proclaiming that it will happen. So that's what this is. So, so I got, I've got to be careful with this. So this is found in John chapter number 6, verse 5 through 7 in the King James. And this is where Jesus lifted up his eyes. He saw a great company unto him. And the word great is where we get a word for megas or the biggest crowd he's ever known. Somewhere between 50 and 75,000 people. We know that. And he said unto Philip that how in the world? Now Jesus says this. He, he sets him up. Where are we going to buy enough bread to feed these people? Now, some of you know this, but it's not 5,000. The word for men is andrios. It's head of household. So we've talked about this for 20 years. It's head of household. It's, it's, it's 5,000 husbands. He's got 5,000 wives. And I don't know. And they prided themselves in children. The more children they had, the more blessed the family was. Well, we know that's not true. But, but anyway, besides that, <laughs> oh, my gosh. And so, there, so we know about 5,000 husbands and 5,000 women. That's 10,000. And 5,000 men that are not married and 5,000 women that are not married. Now we're 20. And a boatload of kids. We could have the Greek actually says this is the biggest crowd he's ever had. Between 35 and 55, 60,000 people. And that was nothing. The biggest crowd he ever had. And so Jesus looks at Philip and says, you got any idea how we're going to feed them? And so here's the great board member. Yeah, we're going to send them somewhere else. And he says, no. And he said, and Philip says this. He said, even if we wanted to feed them, it would take more than 200 penny worth to feed them. So I'm glad you asked about this because I'm, I'm eager to explain this to you. Penny worth. One penny worth in that day is 17 cents or one day of wage. One penny worth. 200 penny worth 
is $34. And it's 200 days of wage. So let's say that here comes a crowd, and Jesus asked Philip because, but he said, how are we going to feed these people? There's so many. And Philip said, well, even if we could feed them, we don't have enough funds here. It would take more than 200 penny worth. It would take more than three quarters of a year's wage to feed them. So if, if you were to put this in modern day perspective, let's just say that you earn 2000 a month. Now, if you don't, I don't care. I don't care. But I did the math on this. At 2000 a month, by 12 months, you're going to make about how much? Thank you. And I divided that by 365. And then what I did, I times that by 200. And it's $66 a day. And modern day terminology, if you make $2,000 a month for the crowd that come to see Jesus right now, it would take $13,200 just to feed the church. We're out of luck. Now, now leave it up here. <clears throat> this is so important because through the years, the, the, somebody just wants to run through this. You just want to run through it. And I don't want to run through anything. I want to talk to you about this. So you've got this huge crowd. And Jesus sets him up. I'll show this. He sets him up. He said, Philip, the, the great Philip, where are we going to get enough food to feed them? And he said, that's not really the question. The question is, we probably find the food. Where are we going to get the money to feed them? It, it would take 200 penny worth. It would take $13,200 just to take this church to go eat. That's why we tell you, just go home. <laughs> so why did he say that? And I'm glad you asked. Because the Bible says in John, said, he says this to prove. To Philip. To prove to Philip. Parazo is a Greek word, means to expose a weakness or to reveal a deficiency in something that will be needed. What happens is parazo was a scientific term that they used. It, it means a, it's education by experimentation. So here's the English form of it. Jesus asked Philip, where are we going to get new, enough food to fill them? And how are we going to raise enough money to pay for it? And Jesus, full knowing what's about to happen, he says this because, watch this, he's about to prove that Philip and these disciples are spiritually deficient. Oh, I know that you think you're something, but you're not. I got one, come on, sir. I know we think that we're really good. I know we think we're, we're this and that and this and that. I'm telling you, if God would turn his back on you by 15 seconds, you'd be the worst person in the world. And so all these guys now then, I mean, I ain't got a towel, but I'm telling you, there's somebody, and I mean they're important, and I mean they're wearing suits and ties and signing autographs and taking pictures and, and, and kissing babies and all that stuff. And Jesus said, oh, yeah, Mr. Big Shot, where are we going to get all the food to pay for this? He said, well, we'll just send them back to town. Who cares? And he said this, and he asked this question because he was about to reveal a deficiency in their spiritual walk. Every once in a while, when we really begin to think that we're somebody, God will put us in a situation where we're 
insufficient of what will be required. And once you get into that place, watch this. You go back to square one. God, I need you. Now, if, 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 if you're like the drummer and we pay him about 200 penny worth of service, it's no big deal. Shell out $13,200. You want to go to Denny's? $13,200? Not a big deal. But for somebody that's bankrupt like this, I mean, I ain't got nothing in any pockets. I got grandkids. You understand me? They frisk me like a TSA agent going down the hall. I mean... So Jesus asked, he says this, the reason why he did this was to prove him, to expose a deficiency. And boy, did it ever, did it ever pop up. You see, it's, it's amazing that our whole life is just is, is levels of learning. There's no end to this. There's no end to any of this. It's just levels of learning. And once you learn that and accomplish that, then we go to another level of learning. See? And that's what this was. So when Jesus is talking to them, he asked this question. So the great thing about this is, so now they're, they're dumbfounded. And, and when Jesus says this, now they still don't have a clue. I'm getting to the boat. Just hang on a minute. I'm getting to the boat. The people from Cordell says, we never get to hear you, so preach two hours. So, okay, I will. So, so he, he says this statement. He said, well, now, Philip, he said, blah, blah, blah. And he said, because I'm going to prove that you're not all that you appear to be on the outside. On the outside, you're this, but on the inside, really, you're deficient. There's a weakness in you. And I'm fixing to do this experiment on you, and you're going to find out there's a fault and a crack in your system. See? So one of the reasons why I know this, so when he gathers, he tells them, and he says, now, so gather them in 50. There's reasons for that. Don't want to talk about that because we could be here for two and a half hours. And he sets the men in 50, which is head of households, and he begins to break this and what it is, that we have a boy, it's called a pateon, a lad or a boy, somewhere between the age of five and eight, he's got two things in his pocket. Number one, he's got five crestos, which is crackers. There's no loaves. There's no loaves. It's not loaves of French bread. It's not that. No five-year-old kid carries around loaves of French bread. And he's got two sardines. Sardinos, which is minnows or pickled sardines. So this would be right. Boys carry everything in their pockets. This boy has got five little club crackers of barley. Barley is the, the grain of the poor. He's got five little crackers, and he's got two pickled fish. About that long. It's his personal snack. So don't make anything big about this. He's just a boy, and he's been to preachers like me, and he said, I think I'll take a snack. I'm going to take me a pillow. I'm going to take me a blanket because I know he'll get long-winded. So what happens is this boy, after Jesus made this statement, and, and so Jesus said, go find, see who's got anything. And they come back and said, nobody's got anything. That's a lie because I'm going to tell you right, my wife has got everything from chewing gum and a hand grenade in that purse. All women got something in their purse. I don't care what it is. Especially if you got kids. You got men's crackers, you got guns, you got one cyanide pill, you got it all, just in case. You can't tell me of 20 or 30,000 women, there wasn't one woman, and besides, they all carried backpacks. It's a lie. They had something, they just didn't want to turn it over. I'm telling you right now, that's the way it is. 
And so they bring this boy, and this little boy comes over. He said, I got, I, got, I got two minas and five club crackers. And even though they're in pieces and there's fuzz on the fish, but I got them. Remember the old show, Andy Griffin, that little boy named, uh, what was his name, Danny? You know. No, the other boy. Carried frogs in his pocket. What? Leon. Leon always carried frogs in his pocket. So this kid's wandering around and, 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 and then discuss. I mean, it was the fact that this disciple said, oh, we got a boy that's got two pickled minas and five crackers. Do something. He, he, they're disgusted. And they just kind of shoved this snotty-nosed kid up there and whopping his nose. And he said, we don't have anything. He said, this kid said he's got two fish and two minas and five crackers. And he said, it's enough. So he sets them down in the 50s, and this is what it says. And he says, and he gave thanks. Now, for you that have been here for a while, you know this, but for you that haven't, pay attention. When it says that he gave thanks, it's called Eucharistus. You is beautiful. And Christus, it means to give thanks. The idea in the Greek, it means that he is, he is, he is, he is spurting out laughter without saying anything. So here's the idea. For you that are raised in most doctrinal churches, you get this idea. He's got this bread and fish, and this is what he says. Father of all creation, heaven and earth, creator of this moon, sun, cows, components of the cat, you made all things. And, and that's not what he's doing. He takes his loaves and fishes. He takes his minas and these five crackers, and he's looking around. And when it says he gives thanks, he's doing this. He's saying this. If they only knew what I'm about to do, it'll blow their mind. Give thanks. He wasn't giving things like, thank you. He was giving things. You, Christians, it means to laugh under your breath. Jesus basically is taking these two little pickled minas and these five club crackers, and he's saying, he said, Father, if they, if they only knew <laughs> what's about to happen. So what happens? He, he delves them out. He feeds everybody to the full. And the Bible says they were all filled. And that, and that word filled, it means my buttons are breaking full. I mean, I'm, I've just passed out. My wife made a homemade German chocolate cake last night. Yeah, 9.30. She's in there working. I was helping. <laughs> she knows my mouth surgery. I can't eat for about two weeks or three weeks or four weeks. Yeah, I'm going to be in bad shape. But, but anyway, so she made me a German chocolate cake. About that, and she said, how much do you want? I said, just a little bit because it's about 9.30. So she said, how much? And I said, well, a little more. And then... Anyway, I, I took a hunk about the size of that, probably. And, and when I got through eating, I just passed down the floor. She woke me up this morning to go to church. That's where it was. So they were all filled. It wasn't just a snack. I mean, I mean, buttons are flying everywhere. They had buttons on their britches and their shirts, and they're, they're filled. Okay. And so this is the idea. So, so gather them all up, the fragments. This is a beautiful story. Isn't it amazing that God will take the fragments of your life? And, and in great honesty, we, we, we just say this. All we have, my, my home and my life and my marriage and my, my mind, it's just in pieces. And Jesus said, if you'll just bring the fragments, if you'll just bring the pieces, if you'll just bring them to me, watch what I'll do. Amen. You don't have to be embarrassed about your life is fragmented. You don't have to be ashamed because your home is in pieces. You don't have to, he already knows. But giving thanks in your situation, he would say this. If you only knew what I'm about to do for you, you would bring me the fragments immediately. 
So they gather the fragments and so on and so forth, and they'll say, this is what happens. No, this is kind of important, and we've got to go here in a minute. So, so now then, that, that he feeds them, and he gathers 12 baskets left over. So, so the question is, why 12 baskets? And we talk about 12 disciples. Is, is the number 12 is a, is a foundational number, and it's a principal number, and all, we, can, we can say a lot of things. So we're going to say that the 12 disciples took the baskets. Now this baskets, copianos is a word for sometimes baskets, is used in two ways. Number one, this basket is a small basket about like a backpack. Sofrio is a word for the Greek for, for baskets big enough to, to carry a man down. Paul talked about this in Acts. He let a man down over the wall of the basket. That word basket is, is like a hot air balloon basket. Well, I know for a fact that the disciples are not carrying around hot balloon air balloon baskets where a man can get in. They're carrying around baskets that are about the size of a, a big backpack. So he's telling them to load up your backpack or load up your baskets and, and, and get on the boat and go, and I'll catch up with you. So that's where we were last week. So, <clears throat> so he loads them up with 12 baskets each, 12 baskets in the boat, one basket each, and he, and he sends them off, and off they go. And so this is kind of where we left you last week. They're going to the other side, the Sea of, of Galilee, Gennesaret. It's about seven miles across. Ten hours into the journey, they've only made about halfway. And you heard me say last week, isn't it amazing that your enemy will always let you get in the middle before the winds start blowing? Isn't it amazing? You get right in the middle of it, and then that's where the problems start happening. Just right when you say, okay, I'm going to be committed to God, you never knew there was a hell on earth until you raise your hands and I think I'll follow Jesus. Then the winds begin to blow. And the idea of that is, I told somebody, when you get in the middle of the sea, it's the same distance from the, where you've been to the same distance where you want to go. So you have an option today. You can go back and surrender and cow down and, and live that same old stinking life, or you can resist the wind and you can go forward. It's exactly the same amount of space. I just choose to go where he said I can go. As Sarah said, you said even though water's above my head, but you said. And there's a difference between somebody went and then been sent. A lot of people just went and never was sent. Yes. So now then he, he gently kicks them off the bank and off they go. Okay, so here's the mathematical equation before we go. So now then each disciple has a basket they're in what they call the Jesus boat. Now, these boats, these boats are about seven and a half feet wide by 25 feet long. So that, that long, seven and a half feet wide, not very wide. You got 12 guys in there, 12 grown men with 12 baskets of fish. Now, we know by the definition of a basket of this, of this copinos is, 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 is between three-fifths and four-fifths of a bushel. So by definition, there's eight gallons to one bushel. There are eight gallons per bushel. So let's just say seven. Between six and eight, let's say seven. So seven times 12 is what? 84. Thank you. 84. We have 84 gallons of fish fragments. So let's go slow because some of you are from Wilson. We don't have whole fish. We don't have loaves of bread. We have fish Nuggets. We got pieces of bread about this big 
and there's almost 90 gallons or almost two 55-barrel drums of fish, nuggets, and bread pieces in this small boat. Got it? Okay. After 10 hours of rowing, there was no Tupperware, there was no Ziplocs, they thought they were going to die. The wind was so adverse, they thought they, it was all over. And now then, this the Bible says in Mark chapter 6, this is what it says. Watch this. And he, when he went up to them in the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were so amazed in themselves, beyond measure, and they wondered. This word, it doesn't matter. It means beyond their mind. Watch this. The next verse. Thank you. For they considered not the miracle of the lows, because their heart was hardened. The word considered is a word called kata noyo. Kata is a process of up and down, and noya is where we get a word for noose, which means a process of the mind. Ten hours they've been in a small boat. Ten hours they've been in a small boat, about a 20 foot by seven. Twelve grown men with 90 gallons of fish pieces and bread pieces. And after 10 hours of the winds and the waves trying to turn them over, we got fish everywhere. We got fish in our pockets. We got fish in their hair. We got fish between their toes. We got fish stuck in their sandals. Now just think about this. We, there's fish pieces. Have you ever been driving down the road I know you don't eat fast food McDonald's because it's bad for you, so let's just imagine that you do. And you're driving down the road and somebody pulls out in front of you and the first thing you do, you jerk the wheel. When you jerk the wheel, the first thing to do is, is food goes everywhere. In 1970-something, I forgot, I was born in 69. No, I wasn't born in 69, I don't think. But in 19, I was born in 59. In 1975, the movie Jaws came out. Okay? Now, now, it don't mean anything, but how many remember going to the theater for the first time seeing Jaws? Oh, baby. It was terrifying. And we went to the Carmack Five. They let us all in, and I'll tell you, the fire marshal was there, and he just let everybody in. The crowd was long. Everybody wanted to go in and sit. And I'll never, I told you this one time, I'll never forget it. I mean, there were people, honestly, sitting in the aisles, just sitting, behaving. Imagine that. No cell phones, no boom boxes. I mean, they're just watching this movie. And I'll never forget, we were sitting about halfway back, and I mean, and, and the part where this head comes out of this boat, and this guy's under, I'm telling you, Cokes, popcorn, candy, false teeth, whatever they had, just, <laughs> it was It, it was like graduation, all the hats go up. Really? So you're driving down the road, and I mean, somebody just cut you off, and, and before you know it, I mean, you got french fries flying everywhere. I'm not making this up. Am I the only guy that eats German chocolate cake going down the road? I don't know. <laughs> These guys are in a small boat. Small. From here to Brother Mark. Seven feet wide. One, two, here. Just seven feet wide. My arms are six. Think about that. And, and, and you got wind that is, is, is just trying to capsize them. And for 10 hours, 
You've got all this fish and bread churning. And they're stepping on it. They're walking on it. It's in their hair. It's in their shoes and blah, blah, blah. And for 10 hours, after the 10 hours, he said this. He said, my goodness, you did not consider the loaves and fishes. Knuckleheads. The word consider means you did not for once look down and think. If one of them, if one of these Einsteins would have just said, hang on a minute. And they said, what are you doing? And he said, I'm looking kata. I'm looking down. What are you looking down for? If he's the God that can create miracles on land, surely he's the same God that can create a miracle on sea. We're stepping on miracles. I got toes. I got... My toes are filled with miracles. My hair is filled with fish nuggets and other parts. And one of the ideas is this. He said, you did not consider, look down, of all the miracles that are under your feet. Because if you would have, you would have never let the storm get in you. Because, watch this, because they hardened their heart or they got dislocated in their thought process. Now, I'm, I'm not going to assume that you've ever done this, but, because, but I've done it. Has everything just went great for a while, and then when you got into the middle of something, things started to become a little agitated? Don't say yes, because you, you've never experienced this. Only me has experienced this. <laughs> and then it got worse and worse, and then that... The, OG shut that off and the gas company shut that off and they denied my, my Salvation Army credit card to three dollars. I mean they started shutting everything off and and then I say to myself, God, what are you doing? I, I thought I belonged to you. What are you doing? What are you doing? I mean, what are you gonna let me die out here? What are you doing? And then we start coming and hanging out with people. It's bad, it's bad, it's bad. I'm, I mean, it's, it's a bad shape. And if I would just ever stop right in the midst of my storm and look down. I would see my whole life. He's been faithful. My whole life he's been faithful. When I should have been killed in a car wreck, he moved it. When the bullet should have hit me, he, he deflected it. And we go through our whole life wondering why this happened, why can't that happen, and all this. And if you just ever stop and consider of what He's done for you in the past, oh, I'm telling you right now, He's the same God that'll see you through that mess. And all my life, He's been faithful. And Jesus said, you never, the problem is, I want to, to show a deficiency in your faith. And I allowed this to happen in your life. But you didn't get the full picture because if you really got it, you'd have looked down and you would have said this, we're floating in fish. We're being overwhelmed in bread. They did not consider the loaves and fishes. So my word for you this morning that I would like to encourage you that no matter what you're facing right now, no matter what you're going through, would you just please, instead of, instead of just doing what the disciples did instead of just 
beating the waters and beating the waves and writing goodbye letters, would you just please just say time out and look down? And some of you this morning, you've been walking on blessings your whole life. The doctor said you'd never make it and you made it. The doctor said you never walk again. I saw you running the other day. I mean, all these things that you've been floating in pieces of fish and miracles. And why in the world would you even think that God would abandon you now? He will not. So the $64 question is this. Well, how long do I have to do this? You have to take up somebody that's higher on the ladder than me, but I will tell you, don't ever forget to look down and see that the blessings of God He's laid at your feet and they're all around you. And it'll change your disposition of what you're going through. I know for a fact that if He could create the miracle on the bank, He could perform the miracle in the boat. So, Memorial Day is about remembering men and women that have lost their lives protecting and defending this country. Memorial to bring up a memory of. And I'm going to ask you this morning, take a long look at the blessings of God that God has laid before you and surrounded right in the middle of your situation. And it's just a reminder that He's going to be with you wherever you go. Harden of the heart means the closure of the mind. Heart doesn't mean hard-hearted. It means a closed mind. They were so frustrated. They thought that God had abandoned them, and He hadn't. So this morning, I don't know about you, but I'm a blessed man. I'm, I'm a blessed man. And, and just like you, I know what it's like to be tossed and tattered and family coming apart and home. Not me and Gala, but... Just things happen. Just things happen. And instead of whining and complaining, I just choose to look down and see all the blessings that God has bestowed upon me. And how in the world could I ever doubt Him for my future? I can't do it. Father, every one of us this morning, we know that feeling. When we feel like that you have turned your back on us, we know that feeling when you put us in the boat by ourselves. We know that feeling when the disciples started sailing off and off the shore. They watched Jesus turn his back on them and never look back. What a sinking feeling. But you designed it that way because you wanted to expose a deficiency in their faith. You wanted to take them to a place they have never been before. They've seen dead people raised. They've seen blind eyes open. They've watched deaf ears unstopped. They've watched crippled limbs restored to health, but they have never, ever seen this. Perazzo. And God, today, you still do that. You still bring us to places that we have never seen before, we've never faced before, challenges that we feel like is insurmountable, but one thing we know, if we'll just consider or if we'll just take time to look down of all the blessings that you've given us that's beneath our feet, I'm very confident that you'll be with me. So as we go this week, 
help us always to be thankful for the blessings you've given us in Jesus' name. And all the people of God say amen. amen. Give the Lord a praise offering this morning, huh? Let's stand this morning, if you would, please. And I want you to hear me loud and clear. He has never promised us smooth sailing. He's just promised us a safe landing. Father, this morning, whatever that we're going through and what these people are facing, I just need them to know that your eye is still upon them. You have never turned your back. But maybe the lesson that we're trying to be taught is, is to expose maybe a deficiency in our faith. Maybe there's a crack somewhere in the foundation of what we believe. And you are going to take us to a place that that thing could be taken to the laboratory and be tested. Not tempted, but tested. To reveal what is truly Jesus and what is truly genuine and what is not. And Father, this morning, for every storm that I have ever experienced, thank you because I'm a better man for it. For every hardship that my wife and I has ever faced, thank you. Because it's done nothing but draw us closer together and closer to you. For every health problem, for every financial frustration that we've ever experienced through 41 years, thank you. Because it's taught us to depend upon you, our source. And I'm confident that you'll be with us the next 41 years as we continue to trust you. This morning, we're going to celebrate Holy Communion in a memorial service. It's a memory. It's, we're going to remember. And all I'm going to ask you to do this morning is this, simply, that we're not going to hand out pickled herring and club crackers. We're going to offer you the bread and the cup. And it's going to remind you of all the blessings that God has laid around you. You just forgot about them. You're so hard-hearted because one thing happened that you didn't get your wish list or Something didn't come about when you needed or even if it did not come about. And, and I'm telling you this morning, don't be hard-hearted. Consider the loaves and fishes. Consider the blessings of God that's laying everywhere around you. That night he sat with his disciples and he took the bread and the cup. And he said, this, is, this bread represents my body. I am the bread of life. And he took it and he broke it. Jesus became broken for us. He became part of our broken dreams and our broken heart and our broken families. He just became broken for, that we can go through life being whole. He took the cup, the third cup, 
he lifted up and he said, for 1,500 years you've been celebrating the Lamb's Cup, but this is now, I am the, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And as often as you take the cup and the bread, remember me. Remember my goodness. So this morning, when you celebrate Holy Communion this morning, would you do something more than just go through the motion and rush back? Would you just take time to consider all the things that God has done for you? Well, I know you may be hurting, you may be sick, and you may be finally financially in a rough spot, but I'll tell you what, He's not going to abandon you. Would you just consider all that God has done for you and all the blessings that He's laid around you, and they're everywhere in your life. And it'll change your disposition when you leave. So, Father, bless this cup and bless this bread. And thank you for the body of Christ. And if they only knew what you're about to do. If they only knew what you're about to do as they celebrate Holy Communion. They would give thanks as well. And we give you thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.